In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. And welcome to the Sexy Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that gives you real life results. Now, today we are talking about something that has been requested time and time and time again. We're going to be talking fostering and potentially bringing a rescue dog into your home. So where do we start, Tom? So we need to start with, first of all, thinking about what I guess, as these dogs have come from, okay? And what they've come from is potentially quite an unpredictable environment, potentially an environment where um, they have not necessarily felt kind of fully in control of the outcomes of the environment. You know, things happen to them rather than them, you know, doing things potentially. Um, and these are sweeping statements because we're having to make sweeping statements because we're t- tackling a big group of dogs that represents lots of different situations. Um, and then the third thing is that potentially they've had some, you know, they, they've had some scary things happen. They, they've had some, you know, maybe not, some not so nice outcomes. Less, in... than, less than ideal, right? Eh? There's been less than ideal scenarios, whether that was just even getting them to the point of getting to the foster yeah. or uh, bringing them into the foster situation or, oh. um, or the fact that actually maybe the situation they have found themselves in before or they've come from uh, is possibly the reason they've found themselves in foster in the first place. So whether um, this is a foster situation or a rescue or a rehome, it really for us, the big thing we would say is um, that may have been there. Be be aware. And, And, you know, equally none of those things might have happened. So, you know, what we're saying is be aware. And I guess that leads to the first tip is we can't assume that, you know, they love, they, they love, being touched. They love food. They love play. We're going to, you know, dust their face with a tug toy so that they play. Actually, we probably need to take a step back and observe, see what they investigate, see what they engage in, see what lights them up. And you can see it in a dog's body, right? You can see when they're, when they're, they're, they're lit up, they're joyful, they're animated. And also you can see when they're engaging in something almost because they feel sorry for us. And they're like, oh yeah, I will engage in this piece of food. I'll roll it around my mouth. Yeah, oh, lovely human, thank you. And you're, you know, you're like, oh, they're thinking, oh, I don't think they quite understand me, but I'm going to appease them. We've all had those moments. Both Tom and I have had situations, both in our um, professional careers, dog trainer, uh, working in vets, whatever it might be, and also probably personal to a degree. Now, I've seen lots of dogs come through um, rescue, rehome, foster, and I've actually ended up with a few um, dogs myself out of uh, situations that I've, I've found myself in and then said yes and then realized 
realised that actually, what have I said yes to here? I've, I'm now fostering a little terrier or I'm fostering a, and I, I fostered quite a few dogs, um, not so recently, but definitely in the last 10 years. Uh, and one of the things I would say that is really important from, from day one is to um, not necessarily make up stories for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a really, really big one. So I don't know, maybe he's scared of the hoover and you'll say, oh, he's been beaten by a hoover or maybe scared of the dustpan mm-hmm. and, and a brush and actually he's had an awful experience with a dustpan <laughs> and brush or maybe he hates men or no, actually, maybe he is just pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, a second one, I think that's a really big one is um, that I really noticed very quickly with the dogs that I brought into my home and and, and had fostering and, and staying for a period of time. One stayed for six weeks, one stayed for three weeks, one stayed for three months. So I've, I, I've had a few and um, little Rue, the terrier was probably with me the longest. And with, um, and this is going back a good few years ago, um, with, with them, one of the things I really noticed is start their world very small. Mm. So I really noticed that, um, that was gonna, yeah. gonna help me. So a few tips if we were, we were gonna jump in here. One, let's not create stories for them. Mm. You know what? Start their life today. Start yeah. it as day one. Moving Get into your home. Get to know them now. Foster day one moving mm-hmm. into your home rehome well actually they're not a rehome and rescue now they're your dog yeah. so if you're going to have them this is your dog so get rid of the label of rescue and yeah. rehome it's a sort of sympathy moment for them actually let's lose that they become your dog if it is a foster i think sometimes it is important to not think of them as your dog because you sometimes then won't be able to let them go and mm-hmm. i found that with um, rue i very almost kept her i'll tell you in a minute the reason why i didn't keep her because i realized for my dynamics she wasn't quite it wasn't quite going to work um, and i do remember the very moment that that, that happened and, and i'll talk through that but and I'd given her a big world mm-hmm. and when I think about it now the the more successful dogs that we've had in um and, and foster and then have left again it, to go on to their homes mm-hmm. uh, actually we started with a much smaller world and we just gradually allowed them to see things in fact yeah. now I've started I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the story very quickly um I picked up um at the time it was Poppy uh, I picked up Poppy and in that moment Rue grabbed hold of Poppy's back end and just hung off her back end and I realized I'd allowed them to live like quite quite loose because they'd got on for a few weeks and actually I didn't realize the change in dynamics mm-hmm. one thing changed all I did was I picked Poppy up and I don't know why I'd picked her up actually I don't even remember what it was about mm-hmm. but I picked her up and in that moment little Rue the Terrier just latched on. Uh, and and I remember thinking to myself, that was my error. It was my sort of moment of um, lapse of judgment in what I did. And I'd just given Rue way too much uh, choice uh, to choose. And I didn't really know her well enough two or three weeks in to give her that amount of freedom uh, in the scenario. So I think those, I know there's a lot of information there, uh, but that would be, yeah, um, yeah where I would, yeah. where I would come in. Stop Press! It's our brand new book. It's Game on Puppy, and it's not just for puppies. It's for every dog owner who wants to move from where they are right now to that dream that made them get a dog in the first place. And when you pre-order right now, you also get access to the Perfect Pet Dog online program and a £25 coupon that you can use across the Absolute Dog store. All you've got to do is head to absolutedogs.me forward slash game on puppy. So starting their world small and then looking to grow that in a, a, another layer to that is thinking about a framework. So we don't like a routine, but we do like a framework for these dogs where actually they can understand the, the sequence of events. They can understand the process. They can understand that maybe, um, you know, they go into their, their puppy pen and maybe they get a long lasting chew. And this is like the practicality of it, like grounding this and landing this for you. This is where do they go to the toilet? Yeah. 
This is how do you get the leads on and off? Because actually, one of the things with um, one of the little dogs I had, um, he was called Womble. Uh, and with Womble, uh, you couldn't actually put the lead near him. Mm. So actually, he just had to keep the lead on. Mm. So one of the practicalities was if we want you to go to the toilet, your lead is already on. We just take mm. hold of the lead and this is where you go to the toilet. Mm. So it's this is where you go to the toilet. This is where you sleep. This is um, the dogs that are in this environment. And this is how they work. And this is the separations or zones here. Yeah. This is how you enter the house. This is how you exit the house. If I need you to go into the vehicle, this is how we get into the vehicle. Mm. All of these things really came into play. And, and these things are important because they give a sense of they, they start to bring back that sense of autonomy that they should have that sense of you know not helplessness actually things aren't happening to them there's this framework that we're all going through and we're all going through it together now in addition to that one thing that you know might need to be grown is optimism potentially they've had you know unpredictable unforeseen negative outcomes it could be as simple as they see novelty they decide it's something to worry about and in turn they now are worried about that thing that they didn't get beaten with a dyson and that's not the reason why they're scared of the vacuum cleaner right so actually we can do it the other way we could give unpredictable positive outcomes you could just randomly reward them throughout the day you could randomly reward them for doing stuff so that you even promote that sense of um i am you know i am leading this within them rather than um, them feeling like they're helpless and the world is happening to them. They just got on their bed, feed them. They just kind of walked over to you to, to say hello, feed them, right? They just did a down, feed them. The cool thing is, is they start to think, you, you almost see it in them, they change where they start, they start to think, oh my goodness, I think I think that positive outcome just happened because of something I did, right? And so in turn, they they feel in control of their fate, but also they, we're growing optimism because it's like positive outcome, positive outcome, positive outcome. It's key. And I think really when you touch on the feed them, feed them, feed them, it's worth us just clarifying. I know you guys are game changers. I know lots of you have listened to this podcast or not this specific po podcast, but our podcast many, many times. If you're new here, oh my goodness, welcome. If you're not new here, then absolutely welcome back. Uh, the big thing is we are always going to ditch the bowl with this dog. Like our foster, our um, rescue, our um, daycare, whatever the situation is, the ditch the bowl is a must. Yeah. And what I really noticed with Rue, and Rue was a um, very self-employed um, little um, Welsh terrier. So mm -hmm. she's Welsh terrier. And she really was self-employed. Uh, think little Dylan that we know mm -hmm. times 100. Mm -hmm. She was really strong, self-employed dog. And she would go out ratting and she, she could see. And if you were to interrupt her ratting, she was not happy about it. Um, and so for her... If we hadn't have ditched the bowl, you had no way of communicating with her. Mm -hmm. She was so on her own little plan mm -hmm. of her day that you had no way of conversing. Yeah. So the converse wasn't there. So for, for us, ditch the bowl and a level of framework, not routine, um, is definitely day one. Yeah. So from the minute they step foot inside your door or um, your household setup, that absolutely is your um, way of life. And then you suddenly have a way of conversing, speaking and speaking their language. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Next thing is, I want to revisit that small world to big world factor, because I think you could easily think small world means a small amount of space. That's not really 
what we mean. What we mean is the responsibility that we put on them, right? So for example, um, if we're taking them out to the garden to go to the toilet, we're going to take them out on lead. And we're going to supervise the whole time. Yeah. We're not going to, I don't know, tie them up or let them just have like a long line in no. the garden, which I know with some people would do just yeah. to make sure they're there, but then still go and do their own thing and leave them for 10 minutes mm. or leave them in a secure garden for 15 minutes and just know mm. we wouldn't do that no. at this stage. And I think it's really important. Um, like I said, the big thing I remember with Rui is I thought she's looking good she's looking good oh my goodness what is this beast <laughs> like it, and I think that's exactly that what mm. we'd done is we'd gone a small world big world mm. and suddenly this big world which was loads of choices on her behalf she was loose I was mm. picking up another dog there was a lot of excitement in the arena like there wasn't a literally we hadn't just sort of um, gradually shown her more mm. gradually given her more opportunity to make the right decision gradually given her more responsibility a bit like Eliza is 10 we've allowed her the hoverboard around the arena suddenly we give her the keys to the Mercedes right like you can see like it's just it's just too big a, an option right like it's too mm. big a jump and that is what we did for little Rue is we gave her suddenly a lot of responsibility make the decision to disengage from very exciting scenarios and she didn't know how to do that she didn't have that skill set and the scenario we put her in and now 10 years on we can see that but actually this is why you're here here and we're shortcutting those 10 yeah. years for you. I think the next tip, um, and this is a big one, be aware that they potentially come from one type of environment to a totally different type of environment. And they have got to, they won't take anything for granted in that new environment. There won't be anything that, you know, just passes them by and they don't process or think about or, you know, potentially get a bit interested in or a bit worried about. And so they need plenty of time to decompress. They need plenty of time for that bucket that we always talk about to empty. And that, you know, might even look like not being near you. Yeah, because actually you're a lot for them right now. They're processing everything that you're doing. They're trying to figure you out, predict what you're doing, what's going to be the outcome. And especially if they've come from that space of almost they... It, their nervous system has become so honed to almost like fight, flight, there are threats around, and they apply that to your setup, well, potentially, you're a whole lot of chaos, right, to them, because you're, you're moving, you're walking around, you're trying to train them, you're speaking to them. They probably need just short exposures where you're really intentional about what you're doing and what you're putting out into the environment. And then they need to go away and just decompress with a long lasting chew to take it all in because they can get easily overwhelmed. And that's probably because we kind of take for granted that they're fine about all these little things that happen. I think the next one for me would be non-event learning is invaluable. Mm. Like it's absolutely invaluable. So for me, if I was to take on a foster um, or, or a rehome a foster dog mm -hmm. from a fosterer, if I could have a dog that will adapt to traveling in vehicles, if I can have a dog that will um, adapt to um, me being on the phone or the computer or on emails or whatever I'm doing. And mm. it's just like, it's non-event, it's just cool, life is cool. They just like, mm. they just settle no matter what's going on, people in and out the door, like non-event learners, mm. dogs who are able to handle or um, the, the, the world, uh, for me, is a really cool space to have a dog. So non-event learning, let me give you an example um, of, it's just a non-event, getting in the car, going up to an appointment with me and then coming home again. Mm -hmm. It's a non-event. Getting in the car's okay, getting out of the car's okay, going back to the house is okay, none of it's that exciting. Mm -hmm. And I was saying this only to someone this morning, when I go home, I really don't want my dogs going crazy over me. I really like walking in the door 
and that they're all settled and they're all chilled, but nobody's jumping all over me or mm. like screaming or spinning or barking or like typically that's what Tom and I would see as a, a as a as a problem is where you arrive and then there's this greeting like like yeah. where everything like ends up getting too escalated and then someone falls out with someone and squabbles. Both of us having a multi-dog household, that just doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. So for us in and out of the door, it's non-event. Anything is non-event um, training that basically rewards your dog for doing nothing uh, in the scenario of an event. Or your dog sees an event that could be potentially exciting as not that mm. exciting. It's just a normal thing. For us, yeah. those are absolutely golden. We want to do more of it. Yeah. We want to see more of it. We want to um, enjoy more of it. Non-event learning, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that we want you to look at this and, you know, definitely review this podcast episode and, you know, note take everything that we've mentioned is this is your toolkit, your toolkit for transitioning that dog from one life to a different life, whether that be you rehoming a dog, whether that be you fostering a dog, and then you, you know, you've actually got to then think about what life they're going to transition to and what frameworks are going to be important for them there. The cool thing is, is, when you approach it with a what do I want, you know, I'm being proactive about this rather than reactive firefighting, it's actually really seamless and it can actually work really well. But you've got to be aware of what your tools are and you've got to be aware of actually when you need to implement them. And we've shared with you the tools and now you've got to go forth and action. And the big thing is, um, with all of this, um, you're going to have, like Tom said, we, we, these are sweeping statements. Mm. You also need to be very, very vigilant about the dog in front of yeah. you. When it comes to foster, when it comes to rescue, rehome, I would also say there's often a honeymoon period. Yeah. I would say there's, uh, when I say a honeymoon period, that's really just a, an easy way of describing the fact that actually when they first come in, they're not very comfortable. Mm. Uh, and, overwhelmed. Um, overwhelmed, yeah. uh, ang anxious, uh, worried by potentially a lot of different things. Mm. Um, you might see changes within the first three weeks. Adapt, adjust, um, don't take anything for granted. Uh, be um, as calm as you can. Mm. Uh, don't you react. Mm. Um, like little things like we didn't see with Rue, for example, started to creep in about two three weeks in mm. we just hadn't spotted them but actually all the early signs were there and mm. um, she was just a little bit overwhelmed mm. by the environment yeah. um, and so i would say uh, give it time um no big events uh, no they don't need to traipse everywhere with you no they don't need to go on huge big walks nope. actually what they need most of all like tom said is is a time for um decompression uh, and a time for rest mm. and and recoup and often these dogs are absolutely exhausted they're exhausted mm. because it's been quite a stretching few weeks, months, years for them, depending on how long yeah. they've been in the system. Yeah. And so um, giving them time, giving them um, ways to uh, decompress, long-lasting chews, I'll ditch the bowl, um, and all of those things would definitely help. And at the end of the day, and this is really important to acknowledge, Tom, these are dogs. Mm. And whether they are fostering, rescue, or rehome, yeah. really, we don't change the rules. We no. just become a little bit more vigilant that we don't know them as well as we know our dogs that we've had forever yeah, right absolutely and so guys you've got your tools there is always a game for that right that was this episode of the sexier than and a squirrel podcast if you haven't shared it if you haven't liked it if you haven't loved it if you haven't told someone else about it guys this is how this ripple effect gets yeah. bigger in terms of dog owners all over the world having an opportunity with their dog that they might not have had before if you know someone who maybe likes to um, foster or care for or rescue or rehome dogs mm -hmm. make sure they know about this we'd love to share it throughout uh, the rescue world and the rehome world and the foster world we'd love you to tell any dog owner out there about what you're hearing at the end of the day it's free it's cool yeah. learning it's good energy get it out there we'll see you next time and remember that was dramatic stay, stay sexy, sexy. <laughs> <laughs>
Stop right there. Before you go, guys, have you pre-ordered your copy of Game on Puppy? Because when you do, you're going to get some exclusive bonuses, gifts from us. The first one, the perfect pet dog program. Literally worth over £47. You're going to get this included as soon as you purchase your copy of Game on Puppy. Because we want to give you all of the tips, tricks, hacks, secrets that we know to creating the perfect pet dog. It's a digital course. It's an online course. You can access it all over the world. And it's our video program of what we do with dogs to create our perfect pet dog. And the second thing that you're going to get is a £25 voucher from us that you can use in the Absolute Dog store against anything digital. So guys, all you're going to do is head to absolutedogs.me forward slash game on puppy, pre-order your copy, let us know that you've pre-ordered your copy and we'll get those exclusive bonuses to you.